Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today, we're going to look at a passage from Isaiah 6, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read and then we'll pray and then we're just going to spend a little bit of time together today thinking about what the Lord would have to say to us. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this mysterious and majestic uh, passage from the book of Isaiah. We pray that you would help us to hear what it is that you are saying to us through this ancient word. God, help us to receive your word to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I chose this passage from the book of Isaiah. This is from our daily lectionary, so it's right there in the readings if you're following along in the lectionary. I chose it because I felt there was something here for us. Now, from the outset, I'm going to acknowledge this. There are many aspects of Isaiah's calling, and his narrative in particular, that are actually specific to him. He's one of Israel's great prophets, and so I can't claim this story as my story verbatim. And yet, as is true with all inspired scripture, while this is to be read on one level as a as a, as a calling passage for Isaiah in a very particular way, we also can hear the Lord speak to us in more general ways through even a passage as particular as this. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to trust the Lord to highlight what he wants to highlight. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to reflect for a few minutes here. I think there's an invitation in a passage like this for us to catch a glimpse of God's world. We are not told how it happens, but we see that Isaiah catches a glimpse of God on his throne, and it's wild. Um, He sees the robe of God, the throne of God, and these crazy angelic creatures with six wings covering their their feet and their faces and then two that are flying. Uh, These seraphs call out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. There's smoke and uh, the world is shaking. I mean, Isaiah is caught up in something that is truly amazing. But here's what's more amazing. Y'all, this is what's going on around the throne of God all the time. This is not a special moment in heaven. Isaiah just sort of had the curtain pulled back. And this is what's happening right now around God. And yet we live our lives largely disconnected from it. And so Isaiah receives this stunning vision from God. Nothing new is happening. He's just brought in on what's been going on. 
This is not unlike when Moses encountered the burning bush. Something uh, supernatural from God was revealed to Moses. Or like when the disciples saw Jesus transfigured on the mountain. Jesus did not amp himself up. He pulled the veil back so that they could see what was always going on with spiritual eyes. And I believe that there's an invitation here for us. We all live most of our lives like Peter, like Moses, and like Elijah with a kind of normal vision of what's going on. And yet there are these occasions where the curtain is pulled back and we see into God's world. I believe that each and every one of us need to hope for and pray for and even expect the occasional glimpse of God's world. Because what happens is, is when we get to see something like Isaiah did, or like Peter did, or like Moses did, or taking it into your context, just a moment of clarity, of overwhelming peace, or a sense of the power or presence of God while you are worshiping or reading or walking, those moments of clarity, not unlike Isaiah's moment of clarity, carry us through the shadowlands, because we remember what was true on the mountaintop even when we're in the valleys. Isaiah had this experience, and I believe that he wants, the Lord wants us to hope for such experiences, that we would actually ask God for glimpses of his power and goodness, and then expect that occasionally we'll be caught off guard with a sense of and an experience of God's power and his goodness. I think we need reminders like this from time to time. I've had a couple of burning bush moments in my life. Now, most of life is mundane and even at times discouraging, um, but there are these occasional mountaintop moments where you see things with a kind of clarity that carry you through the dark moments. I think I just want to invite you to ask for that, Lord, show yourself to me, and then put yourself in some situations where you might actually experience the unexpected. So in this story, when God reveals himself, um, Isaiah becomes immediately aware of his sinfulness. And in my own experience, when I have had really clear experiences of the presence of God, I have always seen those experiences be accompanied by an awareness of my own finitude, my own vulnerability. So Isaiah says, woe is me, I am lost for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the king. When we catch a glimpse of God's cleanness, we'll inevitably become more aware of our own uncleanness. But this sense of uncleanness can make us feel unworthy. It can make us feel like we can't be used by God. But that's not what's happening in this instance. He says, I feel unworthy, and yet God is actually going to bring him further into participating with him. I would suggest that people who think they've got everything figured out uh, are probably in need of a fresh vision of God. Because when we have a vision of God, we realize we don't have everything figured out. But that doesn't mean that we have to actually fall into shame or isolation. See, the the momentary response of Isaiah is, um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm unclean. Um, but God doesn't leave it there. Um, Isaiah doesn't just say, well, I'm a miserable sinner and I can't go and be with God. Um, what happens when he acknowledges his uncleanness is that the angel flies to him and touches a burning coal to his lips and purifies him. Now, I want you to sit with this image for a moment. Like, pull yourself out of how wild it is and think about what's actually happening here. He acknowledges his guilt in light of the holiness of God. He says, I'm guilty. And then God immediately moves to do something about that guilt and shame. He doesn't say, yeah, you're guilty. Get out of here. 
he moves toward him and begins to cleanse him from sin and make him clean. I love this so much. There's a sense in which the fire is cleansing. Go back to Moses, the burning bush. It was a fire that cleansed Moses from being disqualified from shame and put him back in the game. Fast forward to Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. The disciples were hiding. They had failed. They had missed the mark. And the fire, the tongues of fire when the Holy Spirit came, were there to dance over their heads and put them back in the game. See, the Spirit in that sense, for us, is like the coal that touches the lips of Isaiah and removes his guilt, his disqualification fears. So what happens next? A question in heaven is asked, well, who can I send? Who should I send? Who's going to go? Because the Holy Spirit has touched him and moved him from a disqualified place to a clean place, Isaiah is able to say, here am I, send me. See, do we see the transformation? He moves from being disqualified to here am I, send me. And I want to say this to you. The Lord wants to move you and me from the places where we would be tempted to disqualify ourselves to a place of saying, here am I, send me. See, it's easy to think, well, no, that's just Isaiah's story. I continue to be disqualified. But again, let's go back to Acts 2 to the disciples at Pentecost. They went from being huddled and hidden and fearful to the streets because the fire of the Holy Spirit, like the coal from the altar, touched them and moved them into a place of saying, here am I, send me. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask today that wherever we need to catch a glimpse of you, Wherever we need to see what's going on around you to put in, in order to put our own troubles in a proper context, we pray that you'd give us a glimpse of your world. And I pray, God, that wherever it is that we would feel tempted to be disqualified, to say, woe is me, that you would come by the power of the Holy Spirit and begin to purify our hearts and put us back in the game. I bless my friends in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for His still, small voice and respond to Him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center. (music) 